This is a horror podcast. It exists to provoke and alarm and unnerve. None of us will judge you if you turn away. But if you wish to proceed, it's your choice. Yours and yours alone. There is no God. Love is impossible. There is no escape from a cold, uncaring universe. Love is a lie. God is your enemy. Down below the reservoir, something stirs. Down below the reservoir, something stirs. Because love is impossible. Episode 102, Romancing the Crab. A terror presses the bulge of his neck, cold and luster, a palate and pewter. The sentences shepherded during the endless walk here break sporadic into bursts, forcing themselves out in fractured gasps, with years of infinite cold between. Uh, I was wondering if you... <coughs> <coughs> A cough to clear goes on too long, sounds too loud, and viciously he admonishes, turning a beetroot burgundy. He stuffs words into the air, ill-fitting. They bang off each other with tangible clunks. What what I was supposed to say was... Um, Clunk. If, if you were interested, if, 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 if you've nothing better to be doing... Clunk. I'd like to... I would, I would like to take you for... And the word coffee sits on the sharp of his tongue, ready to have itself flung kamikaze with the next gulp of air, but she looks from the counter and gently pronounces... Dinner? The voice of the crab is a melody pipe, high and clear and piccolo floats. I mean, if you're up for it. The crab blushes and smiles and a grin finds itself on Darren's face, almost gymnastic in its contortions, breath slowly recovered to say, Yeah, 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 dinner, dinner sounds good, dinner, dinner would be wonderful. He in the glow and the rictus of smile lets her ascent, clothe them both in cloth of gold and settle the moment in amber. The florists become a pointillist pollen of yellow and green. Later, it will last forever. But for now, the moment is passing, and there's the chill and the shiver of what to say next. Um, um... Stop fiddling, you stupid fingers. What time, what time do you get out, uh, off work, like? In the florists, the phone rudely rings and the crab scuttles across the counter to lift and drop the receiver. Well, the shop closes at six, so give me an hour to tidy up here and get myself all dolled up. So shall we say eight? Would that work for you? He indulges in another grin, another almost painful stretch. That'd be, uh, that'd be good. So, uh... And what to say now? Fingers fumble amongst begonia stems and lupin fronds, teasing unpleasantly waxy cambersennies. In horror, a delicate petal detaches so hard he stares at the sunder guiltily-eyed. Did she see? Darren, you can pick me up. For a red split second, he thinks she's being literal. He makes a move to lift the little crab from off the order book, but he stops himself just in time. Hands spidering at hip height. Unnoticing, she cleans her claws on her apron. The ditch behind the housing estate? I have my little bucket there, beside the gap in the fence. That's where I'll be waiting, okay? He nods. Okay, 
So, uh, Another flower fondled, a leaf caressed and... Bye. A spin on his heel and fleeing, the bing of the bell in the doorway, a thumbs up from Christ himself, and triumph taking the hardness from pavement and road. Music in his mouth and lent to the air. Romancing, romancing the crab. Hours ago the sun went down and took with it the winter day, leaving behind a hole in dark through which the last of the heat is leaking. A breath of cold blows past. He pulls the long grey coat about and in that movement he looks down. The shoes he chose especially, now dirtied and slogging across the field. He grumbles to himself. The ditch by the estate. The fence post. Is is this even the right? Darren? A voice from the depths of the hedge. That you? And she comes out, a little curve of red peeking between leaves. Hey, wait for me here. I'll just be a few more minutes, okay? Sure. He says, plastered with grin. Sure. Thanks, hon. She says, and she scuttles back into the darkness of hedge. He waits by the fence post, taking the opportunity to run the dirty shoe along the back of a trouser leg to cup his breath and smell. Oh, oh, oh. What is she doing in there, anyway? Not her hair, certainly. I mean, she hasn't got any. In a waft of perfume, she is there. Darren, I'm ready. Sorry to keep you waiting. He mumbles something inconsequential, something just for saying. Yep, a Rooney. On a slant of moonlit wood, she crabs sideways left. She crabs sideways right. Her dress sparkles like salt on velvet. How do I look? You look... You look... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm just a little bit... Uh, I'm lost for words. Off she goes, a crab around in salty velvet swish. There. He finds the words. You look beautiful. She curtsies, crabbishly, among the leaves and dirt. Thank you, Darren. You're not so bad yourself. Stirrings. Such deep stirrings. Now, pick me up, Darren. And pull back from his musings. Unsure if she's being literal this time, he makes no move, just stands, looking at her perched upon the lip of her ditch. His uncertainty manifests as a thickened... Um. Taryn, we'll be late. She waves her polished claws to be taken. Gently, carefully, he stoops and picks her up. She moves about his palm and pinpricks, making herself comfortable. She nuzzles, purring. Oh, you've got lovely soft hands. (laughs) Thank you. He says, thrilled by the snuggle and pinch of the crab. They make their way over the dark field. So, can you tell me, where are you taking me tonight? He navigates around a crusty blancmange left by a cow. Well, I hope it's okay. We're just going somewhere in town. He peeps between his fingers. I hope that's okay. She rolls a pair of eyes, glossy bright like silver dragay. Darren, I'm not going on a date with the restaurant. Wherever you take me, I'll be going with you. That's all that matters, okay? He almost chirped. You're the boss. But that would have been a bit strange. Instead, he saddles for... Okay. Across the fields, they make their way and on towards the lights of town. The laugh of the crab is a piccolo flute. They are shown to their table in the bay of the window. Decorously, Darren sets the crab at her place, then takes his seat. They smile at each other. A little awkward. Menus are brought by the waiter, candles are lit. Darren and the crab order drinks. 
He peruses his menu, she scuttles over hers, turning the pages with claws, scuttling out of the way as they unfold. Darren looks up. Just out of interest, um, what, what do crabs normally eat? Um, I think I'll get the chicken wings to start. They order. Darren plumps for... Lasagna, please. While the crab orders... Pepperdelli con gancio, por favor. While they wait for their food to arrive, they talk. And it's all a little stilted at first, studded with breathless apologies for slights unseen and with eye contact holding only to break, to slide away in nervous giggles. But then... Someone seems to press the button marked fun. Just like that, it all became easy. Like they'd always known each other. That's a, that's a lovely shade of lipstick you have there. It's called a Turkish patio. Well, it really brings out the, the, the uh, colour of your, of your eyes. They flash in the candlelight. And you've got gorgeous... Uh, uh, what's that bit called uh, there? She lifts one of her legs a little. Here? No, no, uh, uh, further, further under. She taps her carapace lightly. Oh, this, this, Darren, is my pleon. He rolls the strange word in his mouth. Pleon? Uh-huh. Well, whatever it's called, it's, it's, it's a lovely one of them. And, and it suits you. Uh, it, it, it's a good shape. She watches him struggle. Her mouth parts come together in slow, gleeful purse. And, 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 and colour. Thank you, Darren. But if you asked me, I'd say my best feature was my... She turns a circle on the tabletop. Pert little Telson. She taps. Something. Oh. You haven't gone out with many crabs, have you, Darren? No. <coughs> Matter of fact, I haven't gone out with them. Um... Many people. On pins she crosses the table, reaching out a smoothly jewelled and polished claw. Cold and hard it rests between his finger and thumb. A beauty happening before him. You're doing fine. And she strokes. You're doing just fine. You're sweet. And he tries not to, but he winces with her words. She notices. Something wrong? Just, please don't call me that. Why not? I, I, don't, I don't like that word. I, I don't like to be called it. I don't get you. He fights the bitterness out of his voice. It, it's a dismissive word. It, it, it makes me tame. Weak. But the bitter remains like the shredded napkin between his fingers. Who wants sweet when you can have... You can have... His voice trails off, failing altogether. Darren, I'm not sure... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to be, but don't call me sweet. Four short words that grow between them, looming, treacherous bergs. He stares out across the table. The main course comes, the mood recovers, but for a while there it is touch and go. Later, she peeks over the rim of her plate. Darren, can you cut this for me? Claws, you know. She grins, clicking them once, twice. He comes round to her side of the table and bending, fills his lungs with the scent of her. Lilac and crab. Cutting pasta for the crab, he rubs against her outer shell. He didn't mean to, but... Cutting, he rubs against her outer shell. Her blush sends fire through him. Conquering with cutlery, the cooked meat cleaves. How big would you like me to? Small. (laughs) Sure am and I only a little thing. And so he cuts a piece and cuts it in half in quarters. Is that okay? 
Is that the right size? She smiles. Find out. And slowly, oh slowly, she opens her mouth. The morsel poised on a fingertip, gently he guides it through her folds and hinges. She takes it in, and the fingertip. She rolls that round the pinch of velvet wetness that is her mouth. Oh, sorry. She says, and her voice has gained a little husk. She grins and nips the withdrawing tip. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. But she meant to. She meant to. She laps the last drop from her saucer of wine and catches the eye of her date. Another half bottle? Care to join me? He picks up his glass. Yes, yes, I certainly will. And dessert then with creme brulee a crunch between teeth. Tell me more about yourself. Well, I'm a Virgo. Not not a cancer then. No, no, I'm not, Darren. I heard that one before. She runs her claw around the rim of her mouth. Oh... Once or twice. Oh, a change of tack. He thinks. <clears throat> so, what's it like working in a florist? Her dark eyes 69 on top of slanting stems. Oh. Thrilling. Stretching, she turns full circle. I tell you, nothing in the world turns me on more than filling endless pots with compost. Or clipping, and clipping and clipping the ends of tulips until every single stem is even. Nothing. Well, not nothing. And that last syllable growls is a curl to catch and draw in and draw down. She twitches both sets of antennae. (coughs) He coughs into his wine. She watches it. From chin to chest. They gobble the last of dessert. They pay. They leave a slant and stumble in orange-lit streets and he a little worse for wine and words, a little slippery. He giggles, stepping heavily off the pavement and into the gutter. Do you want to keep, I mean, is there anywhere or anything you fancy doing? The night is young. She plants a little crabby kiss between his fingers. A little thing. But ah, the thrill of it. Onwards! And the wind is a jealousy, curling between, trying to force them apart. But it only makes them draw together close. Down the town they wander, come by the bus stop, by the front of the builders' wholesalers, breath a haze of crystal in the air before their mouths. And they hear it. Music, a bower on beat, a fiddle shriek, the looping flute in swallow flight. They hear it. Come from the door of Donovan's. Oh, Darren, let's go. Let's go in. Good Lord, I'd love a dance. He grins between his fingers. Shall we, my lady? And in they go, and the cold outside bulking doggish against the door and windows to watch. When will it find such love and warmth? Bodies in their dozens pressing, hopping with the beast, lubricated with drink and up by the bar is the band, lashing the music into the crowd. Oh, sit me in the bowl chair, mammy. Sweet Jesus, I'm a pup tonight. I need a good clip round the ear. An hour in the bowl chair set me right. And over the hollers of Yep and Yahoo! Darren launches words for her. The regrets are in fine form tonight, aren't they? Fierce! Cries the crab on the counter, a jig amidst the pints. And Darren sways with a Celtic thrum, extending a hand for fancy a dance. And she nips the skin between finger and thumb. Oh, Darren, I thought you'd never ask. Onto the boards, and the music takes, sends them stamping steps in body jostle. She pirouettes on just two points, he vulcans his fingers across his eyes. Darren, you don't have to dance so far away. Come close. He does? Closer. You can hold me. He doesn't. 
I'm worried people will step on you. I, I'm worried I might. Darren, you're so, Darren, you're kind. You're good. Don't be silly. I can look after myself. Come on. Her feet are a tickle on floorboards, a rat-tat-tat of autumn rain, and all the patrons gather round. Wow! Says a gent in indoor shades. Choice moves! What do you call that dance? I call it the crab. Cries the crab, and everyone takes their cue from the crab, and everyone does the crab. Wow! Says another someone. Those moves are ace! Wait till I tell everyone in Dunboyne it'll be a smash! And Darren's so proud to be here with her. So proud. He comes in close and holds her, both of them doing the crab together. And dance and fun, and where does the time go? They stand in the field by the ditch by the fence post, it's late. She nuzzles the ball of his thumb. I don't normally do this. Not on the first date, but... She turns a brighter shade of red. Would you like to come down into my ditch for coffee? Unsteady, he peers into the darkness beyond the hedge. You you, you have like a, a kettle down there? Electricity? No, just a tin of coffee and actually, now that I say it, it sounds revolting. And she turns around on the flat of his hand. Sitting in dirt. Pleon, tell sun rubbing. Eating raw coffee. A great rush of courage thickens the struts of his neck and hollows the back of his head and makes him blush and bark. My place is nearby! He points at a distant smear of lights. It's over there and it's got a kettle. Well then, that seals the deal, doesn't it? The kettle boils and is left to cool. Sweet Jesus, I'm a pup tonight. That was the first date. That was the beauty. Forever. But... He comes to meet her from work. He's early. The sign in the window says closed. But the door to the florist is slightly ajar. Going in gentle, smiling, he hears. In the back room. Like that. Oh, like that. I I love it. Oh, fuck. The clacking of her claws, the thump and gasp of thrusting. He opens the door. Sees a man in reddened folds of ham bent over a stack of mouldy reeds half wrapped in a swathe of butcher's grass, grinding his teeth in the rhythm. And under him the crab. She sees Darren in the doorway. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, just, uh, just fuck, just, just give me a minute. And the man turns in a rear of meaty back, roaring from the hole in his glistening face. Shut the door, shut the fucking door! The smell... Flowers tumble from Darren's hand. They break apart in petals. He stands in the doorway, sees and hears. The rocking belly. Sweat, slick shoulders flex mid-thrust. The crab underneath. Her voice a melody pipe as she laughs. Just wait, Darren. Just wait. He waits, his back to the door. They finish. First the fat man's shoulders passed, buckling up his trousers. Wordless he goes. Then, she stands in the doorway straightening her apron. Okay, ready. Where are you taking me tonight? She sees all the paddles curled on the carpet around her. Oh, you brought me flowers. The crab smiles. Brittle. False. That's, uh... She rolls it in her mouth. Cruel. Sweet. 
and down below the reservoir, something stirs. Down Below the Reservoir is written by Graeme Tugwell and performed by Sarah Maria Griffin, Dave Rudden, Deirdre Sullivan and Graeme Tugwell. Story originally adapted by Sinead O'Brien. This podcast is recorded and sound designed at Displace Studios Dublin and produced by Rebecca Gimblet. Down Below the Reservoir is a work of fiction and any resemblance to places or people living or dead is purely coincidental. A new episode of Down Below the Reservoir is available every two weeks through iTunes, Stitcher and Google Play and at downbelowthereservoir.com where you can find links to our Facebook, Twitter and our Patreon crowdfunding campaign. Only through your support and donations is Down Below the Reservoir made possible. Join us. And remember, everyone drinks the water here.